I'm sure you've enjoyed the series, uh, Go Big. Go Big. We've started this series, if you're new, uh, for the last month. Uh, we've been focusing on this, and it's a little bit crazy. People going, go big. We're in a pandemic. Why would you do that? And it's funny how God will often call us to do something that's, that's the antithesis of what we feel. And we've been looking at Isaiah chapter 54. And in Isaiah chapter 54, it starts out by saying, and this is in the message version, it says, sing barren woman who has never had a baby. How many know, once you have a baby, and we're having a lot of uh, couples have babies in church right now, but once you have the baby, you sing. You have, you, there's so much excitement. There's so much joy around that. But if you haven't had a baby and you want a baby, singing is the last thing that you feel like doing. And so here Isaiah says, sing, barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth because you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women, God says. Get this, it says, clear lots of ground for your tents and make your tents large. Spread out, spread out. Well, we're doing that right now. Spread out and think big. Use plenty of rope, drive those tent pegs deep. You're gonna need lots of elbow room. We need a lot of elbow room because our family is gonna grow. And I like how it jumps down a few verses later and it says, don't be afraid, you're not gonna be embarrassed. Yeah, you know, imagine if you could do something, go after something, and you could guarantee that there was going to be no embarrassment attached to it because you're not going to fail, you're not going to fall. And it says, don't be afraid, you're not going to be embarrassed, don't hold back, you're not going to come up short. I believe that's a word just for some people listening today. Don't be, don't hold back, you're not going to come up short. And I feel like in the season, we need to go big, to go big is to hold fast to what he's spoken. God hasn't changed his mind. You know, now Omicron's on, on the move and everything like that. God's going, oh, well, you know, I need to change my plan to accommodate that. No, we just need to hold fast to what he has spoken. We need to remain confident in uncertain times. And we need to worship him when answers seem at a distance. That's why sing, worship, you know, that aligns our perspective. And it's so easy to lose perspective in, in moments like this, but this is where we need to get a God perspective on everything that we're doing. And we've been saying during the series that the problem in a lot of places in our life where we hit ceilings, where we hit walls, is not because we reject God, but because we reduce God. A lot of people today, they're not rejecting God, but they're reducing God. And we all can reduce God to the level of our understanding. Some of us reduce God to our opinions. Others of us reduce God to our, our thinking. And I like what Isaiah says here. He says, spread out and think big. And here's the statement or the encouragement for today's message. And I want you to get this statement because this is where some of our problems lie. And I, I think we really need to enlarge the way that we view things and Enlarge our view of what God's called us to. And so the statement is, let's not think small about the big thing God's called us to. I'll say that again. Let's not think small about the big thing that God has called us to. How many are thankful today for caller ID? Yeah, there was a day where you answered every call. 
And it was always a surprise who was on the other end of the line. But today we have caller ID and there's some calls that you go, ah, oh, that can wait for later. Or, you know, I don't wanna take that call because you've got caller ID. Now, now, when it comes to the call of God, I believe the phone is always ringing. Uh, the question is, are we gonna pick up? Now, see, you can dismiss your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife. I don't know if you wanna do that. But, you know, one person you don't wanna dismiss and you don't wanna uh, overlook is God. If God's on the phone, if God's uh, calling, you wanna take that call. Because the call of God is no small matter. In fact, when it comes to God's call, I like how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. He says that the, for God's gifts and call are never withdrawn. You've got to get this. When it comes to God's call and the gifts that He's entrusted to us, they're never canceled, they're never rescinded, and they're irrevocable. Doesn't matter where you are at with God right now. You can be right, far away from God. His call is still the same for your life. The gifts that He's entrusted to you are still there. It doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. It doesn't matter if you've ignored them, suppressed them, tried to dull them, get rid of them. Those calls and that, that gift, those gifts in your life, they're irrevocable. Yeah, you can use those gifts to serve self, but ultimately they will never fulfill their potential. And I, I remember coming to a point in my life where I'm going like, man, I can't fight this. You know, a lot of people, you know, on fire for God and then they start questioning God and some people backslide, but you gotta get this. Uh, even if you backslide, if you're known God, you can't backslide and be happy because there's something on the inside of you that says, there's a better way of doing this. God's called us to the best life and He satisfies us. He knows what we need and He satisfied us and He's called us to this adventure where we live with Him and outwork His plan together. And I, I had to come to a point where I go, man, I need to humble myself and accept God's call and gifts for my life. You know, when it comes to you know, speaking and standing up front. By nature, I, I want to be in the background. But I felt God challenged me and say, hey, don't think small about the big thing that I've called you to. I, I want to say that to everyone who's listening right now. God hasn't called you a, to a small thing, but a big thing. And what He's called you to, it may be a small action, but it has big consequences. And I, I'm saying, we as a church right now, we as a people, just need to say yes to God. If we're gonna go big, that requires us to say yes to God. And that requires humility. Because humility simply is agreeing with God. Now, if God's called you to do something big, who are you to say no to that? Humility just says, yes, I don't understand. I don't know how. I don't know how you're gonna bring this all together, but I'm just saying Yes. See, humility says, I'm not going to think small about the big thing that God has called me to. I'm not going to downplay it. I'm not going to minimalize it. I'm not going to overlook it. I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm going to engage my heart 
in my life, and I'm going to simply say yes to God. You know, one thing we need to realize is when it comes to our call, there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to stand before our Creator and give an account for what we've done with what He's given us. Yeah, that's each and every one of us. And to overlook that or not even think about that would mean that we, we're not taking hold of the opportunities that are in front of us right now. And I like Paul again saying to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, he says, this God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. This is a holy calling, not a human calling. This is a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. He has saved us and He has called us. Many people today can live saved, but they're not living called. And to think big is to embrace God's call for our lives. As many of you know, we have heartbeats. Uh, heartbeats as a church, they're our values. And, and they're around the acronym HEART. Our first heartbeat is to honour. Second heartbeat is to excel. You might want to join along with me right now. Third heartbeat is to advance through serving. Fourth heartbeat is to reach out. Fifth one is to do this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. We're, we're building together. We're growing together. We're, we're taking hold of God's plan and purpose together. And we're wanting to change the world together. Uh, but I like the first heartbeat is to honour. What do we honour? We want to honour God's Word. We want to honour His presence. And we want to continually acknowledge our need for God. But to honour simply means to put your weight in behind. You know, when it comes to God's Word, I pray that we don't see them as light or menial or meaningless or trivial words, but we see them as weighty words. You know, when you hear the call of God, this is not just a call from another friend. This is not a friend asking you to do something. This is the Lord of heaven, the creator of the universe, asking us to do something. And so we've got to put some weight to those words. The question I want to ask you, whose and what words carry weight in your life? Uh, wh whose phone call do you always take? Whose words are shaping your life right now? Because we're not going to think small about the big thing that God has called us to. And, and I want to say, yes, it's a big thing. It's big because it's beyond your capabilities, capacity and resource. And I want to say, the big thing is the God thing. The thing that some of us are afraid to acknowledge. I find it interesting, you know, sitting down with many people over the years and asking them what they feel called to, I, I find it interesting because there's, there's different reactions. And often when you ask people that question, you can see a wrestling going on the inside because they've got their, their natural desires, but there's something in their spirit that says, I'm actually created for more than that. There's more. But a lot of people, you know, it's almost like they don't want to acknowledge that because if, if they acknowledge it, it means they've got to change what they're doing right now. And and a lot of people go, well, I don't want to change. I don't want to, you know, disturb my comfortable life. Because let's face it, to 
follow God's call means that we're going to embrace a level of discomfort. And you can see this wrestle that goes on and, 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 and they go, well, I don't know if I even want to admit it because my life is going to be changed as I know it. And I really felt like God is saying right now, we need to get moving when it comes to the call of God. See, there's this law of inertia. And this law of inertia, in basic, I'm not a genius at this or that, but it really says stationary things tend to stay stationary and moving things tend to keep moving. And what I'm saying right now, this is not a time to be stationary when it comes to God's purpose for your life. Yeah, this is not a time to sit back and wait for this all to pass. This is a time to get moving. And when we get moving, we're going to stay moving. And I believe God's going to cause us to get some momentum where we begin to see some of those big dreams that we have in our life come to pass. Come on, do I get an amen to that? I love what God's done through Equipage Church. It's bigger than what we could have ever thought. You know, the fact that we're in something like 14 different countries. You know, we've got a church in Budapest right now. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. A group of churches relating in Slovakia. And we can support them. We know them. We, we can engage at a, at a deeper level because this isn't just a group of people we see on the television. We know their story. And God's done amazing things. But how that's all come about is because there's been a group of people who've just listened to that, that inner witness, that, that jump in the spirit when you're talking. And, and you know, it's more than just an ordinary conversation. It's like you're hearing the conversation, but something is leaping on the inside of you. That's why we're having the impact we're having. And that's the thing that's going to continue to lead us forward. And I, I, I want to say, when it comes to venturing out into the unknown, that sounds really cool. We're going to venture out into the unknown. But if the truth be known, venturing into the unknown is freaky. Why? Because it's unknown. And, and when it comes to living in God's plan, you know, what we've got to understand is familiarity really can kill and destroy the big thing that God's called us to. I feel like God's provoking us right now and saying, come on, I want you to venture out. See, blind people like the familiar. You know, when you hit my age, you know, 47, it's like your eyes fade a little bit. I recently went and got an eye test and I thought I had good vision, but until they covered one eye and I thought, oh man, and one eye I can see, but the other eye was, I've got astigmatization and it's not as clear as I thought things were. And, you know, when it comes to being blind and not seeing, you know, you can fake your way through different things because you're familiar with different settings. You're, you're familiar with, you know, the makeup. You can make out certain letters and, and you can put them together. You can't see it clearly, but familiarity will cause you to get through because you can fake it. But you can't do that in the unknown. In the unknown, uh, your blindness is revealed because you have no reference points. And, and when it comes to you know, our understanding, many of us have limited God because we wait till we can understand things before we venture out. But I want you to think about this. We don't have faith because we understand. We understand 
because we have faith. We don't have faith because we understand. It's like, I understand now, now I have faith. No, we understand because we have faith. See, the question I want to ask this morning is, could we be blind and not even know it? And what you know is that spiritual blindness steals our understanding. If you're writing notes, maybe you want to write that down. Because the first thought is, when it comes to spiritual understanding, spiritual blindness steals our understanding. And I'm going to take you through some verses. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 18, it says, Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as he who is perfect? Oh, wow, that's a big statement. It's the people go, I don't need God. I'm all good by myself. You know, I got this sorted. Who is blind as he who thinks he's perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things you do not observe, opening the ears, but he does not hear. See what it's saying here. If you think you already know, you're blind. If you don't acknowledge your need, what he's saying is you can't see. If we look at Jeremiah 5 verse 21, it says, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Ezekiel 12 verse 2, it says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. What's he saying right there? He's saying, you have all the faculties, but you're not using those faculties. And you're not getting it. You just don't get it. It's like, knock, knock, knock. Is anyone home? You're in the right place. You have the equipment, but you're not using it. And even right now, some of you, you're here, you're here, but you're somewhere else. Some of you watching this at home, it's like you're cooking or you're doing something else while listening to this message. But I want you to be present in this moment because having ears, you may not hear. Having eyes, you may not see. And God wants to open the eyes of our understanding. Listen to Zephaniah 117. It says, I'll bring distress upon men and they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. In Matthew, if we go into the New Testament, Matthew 13, verse 14 to 15, it says, And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, Least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. I want you to notice the progression there. It takes spiritual eyes and ears to understand God's call. I'll say that again. If we're not gonna think small about the big thing that God's called us to, it takes spiritual eyes and ears to hear God's call. And he's saying here, if you understood, you would turn to God And if you turn to God, God would heal you. I wanna say, it's costly to be blind. Now, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because more than good stories and illustrations, it's God's Word that changes people's lives. God anoints His Word. 
And it's possible for all of us to look at something and not see it. You know, how many of us have read our Bible and not understood it and just gone, oh, dismissed it? But if you read your Bible with the Spirit, with a spiritual understanding, it's amazing how things will just jump out at you, will speak right into your situation. Or when you're listening to somebody teach the Word of God, it's like something comes alive. It's like that leaping on the inside. You know, it's possible to look at something and not see it. I know, you know, time and time again in our house, my keys just go missing. Uh, my keys, I swear sometimes, have a, an invisibility aspect to them. They just go invisible. But somehow Kathy has a special gift where she's able to locate these keys. Uh, it's like, I can't see them. And I've got the eyes, but I can't see. And some of us right now, it's like we can see, but we're not seeing. Because we're not looking at it with spiritual eyes. And the second thought I want to give you today is, is that pride causes spiritual blindness. What causes that is our blindness is pride. And the only reason you and I continue to sin is because of arrogance and pride. And what pride does is it reduces God to what we can understand. In John chapter 9, Jesus comes across a guy who's been blind from birth and the man gets healed. And the Pharisees get mad. You know, this dude, he's just had his sight restored. He's never been able to see. And now he sees and they're asking him all types of questions. And I love his answer to their interrogation. He just said, oh, well, all as I know, I was once blind, but now I can see. And Jesus comes to them, the Pharisees, and says, for judgment I've come into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. I, I like how the New Living puts it, it says, I've come to give sight to the blind and to tell those who think they can see, they're blind. See, probably will say, I'm all right, I can see, but none of us can see without God. And if you would admit you can't see, you'd have no sin. But the fact that you won't admit it means that you're living in sin. See, see we all can read the Bible and have blindness. We all can come into an atmosphere and not really hear what the Spirit of God is saying. But God wants to speak into your situation. He wants to give you wisdom for your day. Come on, He wants to open your eyes so that you can see what He has for your life in the future. And let's not think small about the big thing that God's called us to. Which brings me to point number three is Jesus heals blind eyes. That's good news. He wants to open our eyes right now, the eyes of our understanding, so that we can spread out and we can think big. In Mark chapter 8, verse 22, there's a story of Jesus healing a blind person. He says, Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. He just arrived in Bethsaida. He took this guy and took him out of town. He had to take him out of what was known. I believe God wants to take some people today by the hand and take them into the unknown. And then it says, and when he had spit on his eyes, it's almost like this 
implies that's a normal thing to do, just spit in somebody's eyes. And when he had spit in his eyes, just spit in your neighbor's eye. No, don't do that. We're living in a pandemic. And, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. And he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he restored, he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Now there was two touches there. First time, I see men walking like trees. What happened there? What was going on? You know, I've heard a lot of preachers preach about this and they say, well, you know, even Jesus had to do things again a second time for it to work. But how many know that's dumb? Because anything Jesus does is with intention and it, and it works. He, he can't fail. But the answer to why Jesus touched him a second time and why He saw men as trees the first time comes from the Bible and the Bible's full of symbols. And in a lot of places, the Bible defines itself. So why, when Jesus prayed for him the first time, did He see men as trees? Well, the answer to that is in Scripture. If we look at Scripture, in, in Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on that day and night. He shall be like a tree. He shall be like a tree. Maybe that's the reason this man saw people like trees. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Well, that's one verse. Well, let's pick out another one. Psalm 52 verse eight. I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Here's another one. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. We go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by waters, which spreads out its roots by the rivers. And when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought. I, I wanna say in the year of a pandemic, we're, we're not gonna be anxious, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Come on, even in the season, you may feel like in the natural that there's lack and there's a shortage. I want to declare abundance over your life. But you see, the picture is right through Scripture, men are likened to tree. Isaiah 55, for sure you go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountain and the hill shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I've never seen trees clap their hands. I've seen man. And we can even take it into the New Testament with Jesus. He said, even so, every good tree bears good fruit. How many know he's not talking about trees? He's actually talking about people. But bad trees bear bad fruit. So, so what we can take from this is trees actually equal people. So, so you've got to get this now. Why did Jesus touch him twice? The first touch, the first encounter was restoring his spiritual sight. That's what was happening there. So he saw, he saw it. His spiritual eyes were open and he saw men as trees. And the second touch was one restoring his natural, it was restoring his natural stuff. Now we know this to be right because early in the chapter, we see Jesus addressing the same thing that we've been talking about. 
Mark chapter 8, let's go back there. It says, now the disciples have forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven or the teaching of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves and they're saying, it's because we have no bread. But Jesus being aware of it said, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Here we go again. Having eyes you do not see, having ears you do not hear. And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. He said to them, how is it that you do not understand? How is it? You've experienced the miracle. You've experienced the breakthrough. But that hasn't changed the way that you view things. It hasn't changed your thinking. So many of us can experience God moving in our life, but still look at the world the same way. And we haven't allowed the nutrients of that miracle or the benefits of that miracle to change the way in which we think. Come on, I wanna say right now, don't think small about the big thing that God's called you to. Having eyes. Can you not see? Having ears, can you not understand? Don't you understand? Sometimes we need multiple encounters with God. Yes, one encounter gets us saved, but we need another encounter where we understand God's call and purpose for our life. You know, the first touch or the first encounter can be about God delivering us out of Egypt. But we need a second encounter where, where God gets Egypt out of us. Otherwise, we're going to think like slaves rather than sons and daughters of, of the King. See, if we spiritualize, we'd understand and then would turn and He would heal us. Come on, right now, I want to say, don't be blind to what's in front of you. It's not like God's call's out there somewhere. God's call is now. There's a now and there's a not yet. But there's a now that leads us into everything He's calling, uh, calling us to. Come on, right now, let's not be blind to the real issues that are at hand. Let's not point out there and everything that's going on in the world, but let's take responsibility for what's in our heart because it's out of our heart flows the issues of life. And it's only Jesus who can transform the heart. We need to see a heart revolution take place. And let's not be blind to the impact of our decisions. Because every decision we make has implications, has ramifications on the generation that are to follow us. Don't think small about the big thing that God has called you to. Don't minimalize it, don't downplay it, don't overlook it. Come on, the phone is ringing right now. You can drown, kind of drown it out with other noise, but I feel like God's saying, pick it up. Pick up that call, that, that, that sense you have in your spirit. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit is touching people who are listening right now in your living rooms or with a group of people. And you know them for a long time that there's a call. And God's saying, will you say yes? I don't understand. Maybe you're just looking at it wrong. Come on, God's saying, have faith. Just say yes. 
and you watch how God will go before you and bring about all that He's promised. Come on, we're living in exciting times. Yeah, there's a lot of turmoil in the world. But I believe God's not asleep. He's waiting for a group of people who put a demand on Him, who will respond to His call. So you and I, in this season, can't afford to sit back. This is our moment, and this is where we need to step up and we need to respond to the call of God. Right where we are, you are right now, how about closing your eyes? Because we're going to pray. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Without you, we can't see. And I pray, Lord, right now, where there's areas of blindness in our life, Lord, you come and open our eyes. You remove the veil. Lord, we don't want to be a people who rely on our own thinking or our own resources. Lord, today we engage with heaven and we say yes to you. We humble ourselves. We come into agreement with your plan for our life. Lord, we say we were being familiar. Lord, we say we don't want to any longer think small about the big thing that you've called us to. Lord, I pray, Lord, right now, as people say yes, faith would be born in their spirits, an overcoming faith, a fighting faith that sees you break through and do what only you can do. We pray this right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.